My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. A couple of months ago, I got asked to attend an event in New York. It was a midweek event. I would basically fly in, attend the event, and then fly out the next day. I agonized over what airline to choose, what flight made sense, what time of day to fly. Do I want to land close to Manhattan or somewhere in the outer reaches of New Jersey? Did I want to come back home to Toronto and take a streetcar to my house or Uber all the way from Pearson Airport? Turns out I was basing my decisions on the wrong things. The real question was, Did I want to fight the hordes only to miss my flight, lose my luggage, stand in four-hour lineups, and just be mad and stay mad just to go to New York on someone else's dime? Because this, my friend, is the reality of flying out of Toronto in 2022. How did we not see this coming? Sidebar. I did show up to the airport four hours ahead of my flight, and it was all okay, I guess. Looking back, it was obvious. Airline and airport employees got laid off by the hundreds early in the pandemic. And when people came back to work, some got COVID, others were unvaxxed, therefore unable to work. So when COVID restrictions eased around March break of this year, and the people quicker than you could say buckle up, made a mad stampede to the airports, major airports like Pearson were ill-equipped to handle the sheer volume of people itching to travel. The lineups to check in went on and on and on. Lineups for security went on and on and on and on. Flights were canceled, travelers camped out in the airport lounges, luggage was left in piles. Yet the people kept on and keep on coming. The major airports and Pearson Airport in particular turned into a traveler's worst nightmare, a passport clutching purgatory. If your summer plans involve getting on a plane and using a major airport to do so, you're gonna need some help. Today, sober advice from someone who knows a thing or two about navigating the turmoil of air travel and some intel on when and if travel is ever gonna get better. Garvey Bailey, pack your bags and grab snacks. This is the big story. Jennifer Foden is a freelance writer and editor based in Toronto. She was also the senior editor of En Route, Air Canada's former in-flight magazine. Jen, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
I don't know what's going on, Jennifer. Can you bring me to into the current situation for travelers at our major airports right now? If I was going to take my bags and take off, what would I see? Yeah, air travel here in Canada right now is a bit of a hot mess, to be, to be honest. Um, we're talking canceled flights, delayed flights, uh, super long lines at the airport, lost luggage, etc., and uh, it's impacting our largest airports, so Toronto and Montreal, the most. Okay, and this is is just this just impacting Canada though. It it seems to be that it's especially bad elsewhere. I don't see I don't see other people on Twitter talking about how bad it is at their airports. Yeah, it's happening in a lot of places around the world, namely the U.S. and Europe. Uh, However, it's pretty bad in Canada. There was a report released last week from an aviation analytics company, and out of the 10 biggest North American airline carriers, Air Canada and WestJet, as most most people know, is our our country's two biggest airlines, they had the poorest on-time performance. So Air Canada flights arrived as scheduled only 38% of the time, and WestJet was... 54% of the time. So yeah, if you go do a quick search on Google or social media, you can read about some of these unfortunate stories. So the Vancouver Sun uh, reported on a group of Quebec teens who were stranded at the Vancouver airport on their way to the Yukon for a camping trip. And Global News reported um, on a BC family that was stranded in Saskatoon for three days. So it's just like lots of straight up canceled flights, flights delayed, And we're not talking typical uh, delayed flights. We're talking like several hours or days and then luggage going missing as well. So why does it seem to be especially bad here? I think it's a combination of two things. And I mean, this is not just about Canada, but I think this is worldwide as well. One is that the travel industry obviously scaled back big time over the past two and a half years in order to financially survive the pandemic. They laid off folks, they offered, you know, early retirement packages, they sold off airplanes. And two is that travel has bounced back, I guess, quicker than they anticipated. So that even though COVID-19 is still very much here, there's no more lockdowns, there aren't as many people wearing masks, people are going back to the office, etc. And the airlines and the airports are just trying to play catch up with with the travel demand. It's it's an unbelievable scene when when you see the pictures of what is happening within the airports like the piles of luggage everywhere and someone um i saw someone tweet something like they tell you not to leave your luggage unattended and then <laughs> and then a picture of just a pot, like um uh mount rushmore kind of like pile of luggage but if you really need to travel like we need like you know there's traveling for leisure there's traveling like we must travel some of us still for business we need some tips on how to get through this So let's start with the basics. What's the first thing travelers can do to avoid this chaos? Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious answer is avoid airline travel if possible. I just Just don't travel. (laughs) I mean, there's lots of wonderful ways you could travel not on an airplane, right? I just took the train to Montreal to visit my sister. Um, My partner and I drove up to the Muskoka area for like a weekend woods getaway. Or if we want want to really go, it isn't accessible without an airplane, perhaps delaying your airline travel until the fall. So the shoulder season, September, October, November, 
will likely be less busy and probably more affordable as well. Summer travel is usually quite expensive. Um, however, if that's not possible, you know, perhaps you have a wedding or a family reunion, you have to travel this summer. Um, there are a few tips. So one would be avoid Pearson and Trudeau airports if possible, because they're the, they're the spots being most impacted by the chaos. So for example, if you live in Kingston, perhaps you opt to fly out of the Ottawa airport versus Toronto, because you're kind of halfway between those two. Or when you're booking your flight, try to book a morning flight versus the afternoon or the evening, because delays compound throughout the day. So you're more likely to leave on time if you fly out first thing. And if you're flying for an important event like a wedding, um, fly in a few days before the wedding if you can. Um, don't like arrive the day of the wedding. Um, so you leave yourself some, some cushion room in, in case something does get delayed. And fly direct if you can. Um, and if you have to have a, a connecting flight, again, like leave several hours so you can allow yourself for some cushion time so you can get to your event and not miss it. Right. Okay. So you, you, you do all those things and you get to the airport. What is, what's next? What, sh what is the tip that we, that we're, that we're missing maybe, you know, engage in to make this an easier process? I think the day of the travel, day of travel, there's lots of things you can do to hopefully help make your process easier. So for one, uh, pack a carry on. I've kind of been on team carry on. Honestly, probably my whole life, but I think it's now more important than ever. So it doesn't, as you said, get lost in that big pile of, pile of luggage. Um, and remember, you can, you know, always do laundry or buy things at your destination if you're worried about not, you know, being able to fit, fit everything in your little wheelie bag. Arrive early for your flights. I know the airline always says this, but I think I was totally a part of that group of people who would show up 45 minutes or an hour before a domestic flight. But I think we can't do that anymore. We need to be showing up two hours before a flight within Canada or three hours for a flight internationally. And a lot of the airlines have uh, an app you can download. And usually you'll get updates there first before anywhere else, like the website or, or via email. So that if there is a, a delay or something like that, you can be the first to kind of have the information on your phone. Mm -hmm. So are we still in a situation where we should be making sure that all our COVID stuff, our any documentation, all of that should be readily and handily available as well in the, in, as we travel? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is sort of a movement of like folks in the travel industry trying to call on changes to alleviate pressure on the system, like removing mandatory testing from airports and health screenings, but it's still very much in play. And I think you should, you know, do your research of where you're traveling as well. If you're leaving Canada, obviously their, their guidelines um, are different than where it is here. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Well, because everyone is doing um, carry-on now, 
people are thinking that they could stuff as much as humanly possible into their carry-on. And then we get stuck at the gate with being checked in and their, their luggage is not small enough actually to go above the bin. And that is, that drives me crazy. I'm like, that is not a, a proper size carry. I can look at it. I don't work in that industry. I can look at it and I can see that that's not going to work. Oh, I know your pain. Even before COVID, it was just the pe- people who would have all of the bags and they would be so big. And I mean, of course, we can't control other people. I think when you when you bring your carry on, obviously make sure that it's the right size, but also know that they're going to like ask you to take out your electronics and ask you to take out your your liquids and make sure that's at the top of the bag. So you can just like unzip it and take it out as opposed to, you know, rifling through your bag. Make sure you have like your passport and your boarding pass ready because, you know, traveling through an airport is taking a lot more time these days because of the additional COVID, you know, precautions. So being able to like get through quicker is just like, make sure you have everything at your disposal, ready to go. And yeah, um, only pack the required carry on. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay. Travel insurance. This is always a thing from your experience as a frequent traveler, you know, this world, What do you do to prepare for disruptions? Yeah, in terms of the travel insurance thing, definitely don't go without it. And also make sure you check your policy before you leave just to see what it covers. So does it cover lost luggage? Does it cover to canceled flight, et cetera? And if it doesn't, then it will allow you time to buy additional insurance before you leave. In terms of preparing for disruptions, I think, as I said before, I think what we're experiencing is a bit unprecedented. But the best I can say is come prepared. Uh, bring distractions like books or music or podcasts, Um, bring snacks too. Uh, My favorite spot at the flight uh, before a flight is always at the airport bar. But in case restaurants and bars also have really long lines, uh, make sure you have something else on hand to, to snack on. And also airport lounges. I know they're also really busy right now, but if you can, I'd recommend getting into any of the airline owned or independently owned airport lounges. You can buy a one-time use day pass at some of them. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. They're like 50 bucks. I once Mm. missed my connecting flight, I think between Brazil and Toronto and New York. And I went to a lounge and left for like $50. I had access to showers and food and computers and it really was a sanity saver. So if you're going to be spending a lot of time at the airport, you can buy a one-time day pass or lots of credit cards. Um, we'll have like lounge passes associated to it as well. Right. Okay. Great. That's great advice. Okay. Say you're a family, you want to um, book a summer vacation or you're just an individual and you just are just like, I just need to get out. I need this vacation. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I think we're all itching for it after the last two and a half years. Honestly, just be prepared for disruption. So like, what's that saying? Expect the worst, hope for the best. I think if we anticipate something might happen, then we won't be ultra disappointed if it does. And, you know, of course, not everybody's traveling for pleasure. You touched on this before, like perhaps they're traveling for business or a funeral or a specialist doctor's appointment. But like traveling for pleasure is such a real, like wonderful privilege that we have. And we took it for granted for so long. And so just try to the best of your ability. I know it's hard to just like take it all in as part of the adventure. Like at least we're not locked in our homes and we're like out experiencing the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long do you think this is going to last that we're going to be facing the chaos? It's hard to say. I really hope, and a lot of experts are predicting that it will change by the fall. But I think that the airline industry has to kind of catch up to deal with the demand and the chaos. And that might take a while. They were expecting that, you know, we wouldn't bounce back to pre-COVID levels of travel for three to five years. And we kind of did it in 18 months to two years. So they have to catch up a little bit. But I think that even pre-COVID, travel was always the busiest time in the summer. That's when, you know, families are off, kids are off school, people have, you know, more vacation. So I'm hoping it will look a little bit better by September. Will you be traveling right now? Would you, if, if someone said, Jen, I'm getting married, a uh, <laughs> couple days in Hawaii. What, come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. You're on the spot now. I think it, I think. Yeah, I am on the spot. I don't have anything planned. I have no flights planned for the summer. Um, If something came up and it was really important, as you said, like a wedding or something, I think I would endure the chaos. It would be worth it would be worth it emotionally and, you know, to to go support that that family or friend. But I am trying to avoid it until it gets it gets a little bit better and trying to, you know, just take advantage of traveling within uh, Southern Ontario and, and Quebec and all the things that are, you know, I think, I I think I've traveled so much too, that the past few years has forced me to like explore my own backyard a lot. I know that a lot of people have been doing that, but I think there's still a way to like get that sense of travel and adventure without getting on an airplane. Yes. The train is lovely. It is lovely. I enjoy, I enjoy the train. It's just so, it seems so civilized. You can pretend that you're from a different time and place on the train. So, and honestly, what, I mean, like this is to get into another thing too, with gas prices these days too. Like, I think the train is probably the most affordable option, um, as opposed to, uh, drive. Like, I think it would be cheap. I think it was cheaper to take the train to Montreal than it would have been to drive. So yeah, go, go. I think people are itching to go out there and there's still ways to do it without getting on an airplane. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jen. And uh, happy Thank travels. You. Happy travels. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. Question mark? <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Jennifer Foden is a freelance writer and avid traveler and was also the senior editor of En Route, Air Canada's former in-flight magazine. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. Talk to us anytime via email, hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. And of course, you can call us 416-935-5935. If you're able to review this podcast, please do so. And that's it for me. It's been a pleasure filling in for Jordan this week. Thanks to the Frequency team for being excellent colleagues. And thanks to all of the incredible guests this week. All women, by the way. That was completely coincidental, but I'll take it. It was great. Uh, It was an excellent week of conversations. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at Garvey's Child. That's G-A-R-V-E-Y-S child. Uh, You can also reach me at mediagirlfriends.com, which is my regular gig making podcasts. And if you aren't 
completely tired of my voice, check out our award-winning Canadian history podcast, Strong and Free, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Garvey Bailey. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you around. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now.